A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Folks, welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Poe Hitter, coming at you with another main event fab rundown with my man Todd Whitestone from spstreamer.com. We are, you know, just doing our usual thing. We go through the top player ads, the most expensive player ads. We go through some player trends, give our thoughts about the ads, why teams may have added these players or dropped specific players, um, all that good stuff. Uh, Today we recorded on Wednesday, a little late in the week. I was a little uh, run down with some congestion, so still sound like a little bit like I got the scurvilitis, but um, it has worn down dramatically, so um, me and Todd got up going tonight. We also had a pretty uh, snafu, uh, random guest appearance by Phil Dussault, the robot, who uh, hopped on for a couple minutes toward the end of the podcast to uh, give us our thoughts on a couple things. We happened to just be discussing... Uh, Josh Hader, when he came in for the save, had dropped him earlier in the week for, in the main event and an online championship. Um, and when he came in for the save, and I was just, uh, you know, talking to him in, in our group chat and um, was just uh, upset that I dropped him. But he, anyway, so I said, hey, why don't you come on podcast and give us a couple words? And he did. He uh, was really cool, really random appearance, came in, even over, da- uh, even doing dad duties. And he came in and gave us a couple minutes of, uh, Talking some good fantasy baseball, and then me and Todd, you know, just talk about his his article in general, and you know what it's going to take these last couple weekends to uh, really get down to the nitty gritty, and um, do we also, you know, just dive into some, you know, strategy you may have shift to, or what's going on in our league specifically to, you know, to make moves to gain points in the overall or just in our leagues in general. So, hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Thanks. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pull Hitter. A little congested, but I'm still here. I'm here with my man, Todd Whitestone. Took a couple of days delay because I didn't feel that well, but Todd, I made it through, and uh, <laughs> we're about to tell everybody what went down in the main events this weekend. What's going on, Todd? Not too much. I'm glad you're feeling better. I, I felt for you because nobody likes to feel uh, sick at all, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of hectic for me this week, too, because my daughter's getting married Sunday. And uh, I got a lot of stuff to do. So this kind of works well for me to do the pod on Wednesday. And uh, hopefully people will understand we're a little behind schedule. But um, and, and by the way, now that I'm talking about it, maybe just for people that are listening, my article will be out probably late next week as well, because I'll be in recovery mode uh, from this Sunday <laughs> wedding. So um, just, just a note for people. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about what happened this past weekend and we're really getting down to brass tacks now, Rob. Absolutely. 
Um, uh, Todd, you a big dancer? My big dancer? No, yeah. I'm not no? a big dancer. No, no, not gonna I mean, be I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna dance, but I'm not a big dancer. All right, all right. I don't know if you like just the guy who doesn't leave the dance floor and is just busting it all night. No, no, I don't. I wasn't asked for Dancing in the Stars or whatever it is. Uh, all so. right, listen, you know, everyone's got their their role that they like to play at the wedding, you know, and some people are just the <laughs> just the dancing king or the dancing queen all night, you know. So well, my thing is, uh, I'm going to give a speech like I did for my son. Okay, and my daughter is she's definitely worried about it. What, yeah. what, am I, what is well, he going to say? You, you're going to bring up a printed sheet of the Fabron and you, you're just going to be like, oh, no, <laughs> I brought the wrong thing with me. Yeah, Bailey yeah, yeah. Falter. Who the hell is hey, Bailey, uh, Bailey Falter? What am I bidding? It's like, yeah, that'll that'll confuse people. Oh, man. Well, that's good. Good for you, Todd. Congratulations. Thank I hope you. you have a, a wonderful time. It's a, you know, the weddings are great. It's just a, a good time to celebrate life. And, you know, it's a, sure. part of the circle of life for you, right? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, so yeah, um, like you mentioned, it is uh, it is the season is winding down, and um, we have yeah limited time to make fab, limited times to make the right lineup decisions. Uh, I think that was my biggest thing in the last two or three weeks. I've just been really just making lineup decisions that are just they don't they they I don't know on the surface was it great? Uh, I mean, not mm -hmm. horrible moves, but just. In hindsight, when the stats don't roll out the way they you want them to be, it's uh, it could be a pretty big blow. Like, for instance, on Friday, you know, uh, Jake Jake McCarthy sat, so I went with a player who got you know three games over his two, but he ended up stealing three bases, and that's exactly what yeah. I needed steals. It was just yeah, things like that. It's just uh, can really ugh. well, you you could have agonized over that for four days and still made the wrong choice. That's not. An easy call. Yeah, but um, what are you gonna do? That's the that that that's what happens sometimes, you know. You yeah. uh, yep. But uh, how are your leagues running right now? Where are you in your standings? It's uh, so uh, the ones that James and I are in are really exciting because. Uh, the one main we're in first, but Mark Srebro is right there. Mm. And there's a third place team that's very close. And the interesting thing is I'm starting to, maybe you are too, or you've probably done this all along. Uh, you're looking at what the other, other competing teams are doing with their lineups. Yep. And uh, one of the two teams that we're competing with has not, is going nine starters, zero relievers. And so uh, they're sort of giving up on saves, which they're last in anyway. So we have to make the decision. Do we just sort of say, okay, let's give him the points for being first in both of those categories, or do we try to sort of fight it out and, and maybe lose points and saves ourselves? Hmm. What, what, what's it, the, what's it, the route that you kind of leaned? We're probably going to, He's on, he's in third in wins and K's, so we're probably going to just say you go ahead and get those four points for winning, being first in uh, wins and 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 K's, and we will try to still compete in saves and hope to pick up a cu couple of points because we're not ahead of him in either spot, so he's not passing us. He's just getting four points. Gotcha. Um, 
So that's one thing that you, people can start to look at. And then uh, in our online joint league, we're first and we're very close to one other team. The two of us are kind of clear of the other uh, 10 teams. So uh, there's a lot of the category movement there as well. And so I'm starting to mentally root against the other play, the players that these other guys have, which makes rooting very complicated, Rob, because, you know, when you have a bunch of teams, some of these guys are on my team too. So anyway, it's, it's, it's fun though. It's uh, we're definitely in contention with in three or four leagues that I'm in jointly. Um, and I saw that you uh, sort of closed the gap on the, your Bob Katsarumpas league that you're last time I checked, we're very close, Rob. That's a great job. You had a, quite a gap to negotiate. Yeah, I, I know that I've um, been really trying hard. It's uh it's a league I've really been, you know, putting a ton of time into, you know, every single stat category and every single way it could move up. Um, it's funny because on Monday at, uh, about 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, I checked the standings. I was in first, um, by half a point. And uh-huh. at the time it was 124 to and a half to 124. And, um, he was still eighth overall and I was 30th overall. It's just, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny how that works. You know, it's just, yeah, but yeah, anyway, sure. I took a screenshot because, uh, you know, I was like, all right, I did it for a second. Uh, <laughs> But you know that's just the way the points are. But um, I feel like every every week I've been getting you know closer and closer to where it, you know if I sniff and I go back down, it doesn't go back down as much as yeah. Because uh, I think you know that's the way a lot of leagues run. Like it could be like four or five point gap, and maybe you get to that one within one or a half or two, yeah. and then yeah. it's like it's just everything happens on that one day perfectly. Whether you get all the double starts or just it's just you know, right. and then and then it goes back down, but. It seems like when it's going back down now, um, it's not, not going back down too back far. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're in definitely contention for that league title. It's not like, uh, you know, you've got those 10 or 12 points to, to be behind. Yeah. So, uh, I, think I made a good leap at home runs. I gained like three points at home runs. I'm 15 runs behind Bob Katarumpas for the league uh, run, you know, total. So if I could catch him in that, that would be a point trade off. Um, I got 15 K's to go where I can gain two points. So, uh-huh. and, and wins is really close. I'm at 68 and there's 71, 72, 72 in front of me. Uh, um, that's always a tight one. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are the biggest spots. Batting average, I can maybe gain a point. Um, ERA and whip ERA is something I, I had a pretty big cushion and it's kind of closing in right now. Is that like 3.08 now? I'm at 3.15. And the right. second place guy's at three point two one seven, but he hasn't really been changing um, too much of his lineup, so it's almost yeah. uh, you know I have to be careful there. But saves, I got to a point where now I'm in third with fifty three, tied with um, the great Rob Silver. Um, he only has two closers in there, two really good closers. I think Romano and uh, Presley, maybe um, I forget the second guy. But so if I could, I've been throwing three or four closers um in there so if i could gain enough to where i could peel back to go to two and then try to bump up you know my approach to wins and k's so that was just my approach was trying to garrett whitlock helped me out a lot in that when i kept him on my roster and he came back as the closer 
and yeah. um, Helsley, you know, that eight that eight game week, a week would have been great if he was around all week. But obviously, you know, he had the birth no. of his child, which was way more important than fantasy baseball. Sure. But sure, sure. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of there's a couple of spots where, you know, I could gain points. And like I said, the um, there's uh, that one category where we could trade off one for each other, which would be really huge for me. So, you know, just uh, got to keep grinding. Um, thing about this yeah. league, too, there's uh, there's a pretty decent amount of money left at the top. Uh, Bob has 64 bucks left. I have 128. Bradley Lebo's behind me has 132. Uh, the fourth place guy is 33. <laughs> Rob Silver has 203 left. And the wow. sixth place team, who's pretty much out of it points wise at 82, but that's 340 bucks. And he's been more active in the last four or five weeks than he has been in like the rest of the year, fab wise. So, <laughs> like this weekend, you know, with Corbin Carroll and, and Gunnar Henderson, Garrett Mitchell, guys like that, I, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because I don't think I'll have a shot because, you know, at least two teams have a, I have have more money than me, so um, it's just gonna yeah, okay. it's just gonna be which which route they want to go, you yeah. know, yeah. So it'll be fun. It's, it's gonna be fun. Well, I think a basic choice, uh, maybe you have a league or two like this, is do you want to go eight starters, one reliever, or nine starters, zero relievers? Uh, is it worth giving up the saves for the strikeouts and possible wins? That's, I think every fantasy owner that's in contention has to sort of take a look at that and, and with 30 plus days to go, decide which way is better for them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And um, like I said, I had the ERA and whip cushion to do that. The ERA one's closing. So I don't, it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting choices down the road. Cause I'm going to probably need the wins in case, but yeah. um, I kind of focused on saves a little bit first. And uh, now that I got that bumped up, maybe I could try to shift it to a, more starter balanced approach, but you right, know, right. just point of the year, there's uh not a lot of starters out there. Are there any leagues that you have that you're um in contention for the overall? Let's see. I mean that uh, that main event for James and I, I think we're in the 60s, so that's really not in contention. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think I don't think any of the onlines were high enough. So I would say no. We're just league title focused right now. Okay. Yeah. It's a big difference when you're, you know, we try yeah, to factor yeah. in. I have a team in the online championship that's 29th, and I have a team that's 47th. And the 29th team has uh, been surging. Um, actually, that's that team's been floating around the 30s. But my other team was at recently like at, at 100 and it's made made its way up to the 47th. I don't. My team that's 29th is still about 1,900 points out of first, so I don't think it's possible. But I would like to get to, you know, into the into the money range, you know, and, uh, and that's only about 500, like 400 points away. So, um, you know, I've been really, uh, hyper-focused on on that. Sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Really hyper-focused on figuring out how much, um, each category gets me, you know, um, how much each home run gets me, how much each stone base gets me. Cause sometimes you could look at the overall standings and see yourself maybe in a, you know, 40th percentile of home runs. Just home runs is my only category that's so weak. So I'm really focusing it all there. But, you know, sometimes you could really poke around the stats and realize that even the categories that you are still like really doing, like may even be your best category, that there are actually still points to be had there, you oh, know? Sure. And I think sure. when you look at each category, you'll, fi- you'll figure that out. Um, And that's what 
I've been kind of noticing a lot in the last couple of weeks, like, you know, categories where I was like, oh, I'm good in K's. I'm in, you know, I'm 91st percentile. But then I realized, oh, okay, like actually there's still a couple of points to be had here, you know, so don't, you know, so it's just kind of figuring that out and doing the math and figuring out, you know, where, where you could let up, where you have a cushion. Um, And I think that's, that's the fun part about it. You know, it's uh, really uh, doing that math, just taking the time out and doing that math, you know. There's always trade-offs, Rob. I mean, you put a a group of all power hitters in and you might lose, you know, batting average or run scored or something. So you you have to, like you said, take a look at it, honestly make an estimate of what you might get with one strategy or the other and not just say, okay, I'm just going for all home runs no matter what the situation. Yep. Yeah, because it's hard too because, you know, when you – it's – during fab, it's it, it's hard to really, um, you know, look at your team and there's 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 other players who have a better ability at just you know dropping a better player just for a better chance at home runs, you know, and that's the switch that you have to make when you really need it, you know, you have to maybe drop a you know um of Brandon Nimmo, like a better overall player to, you know, stream right. uh, Joey Mencius or, you know, like in your head, you know, <laughs> it's not the better overall player, but it's just about categories, you know? So exactly, that might be, might be still the right thing. I mean, we picked up Clay Holmes who Mark Cerebro dropped uh, the previous week. And uh, I think he felt like he could more use uh, a starter than, than, and more iffy reliever, but we're hoping that Holmes, you know, actually should get saves for the Yankees. And, um, you know, it's assuming they win games actually, but, but anyway, um, yeah, so it's, 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 you got to make choices. You can't just say, well, I'm going after everything. It's, it's unfortunately not that easy to do. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Todd, let's uh let's get down into your article here on sure, sure. com. Go ahead, take it away. I gotta mute myself. My dogs are going nuts. Okay, no problem. Let me uh let me just go over what uh I wrote about this week. I, I went over the fab for uh, last weekend and uh the the biggest ads in main event leagues last week were Brian Bayo, who again was picked up by my friend Mark Srebo uh for two start week. Um then Actually, it was pretty SP heavy for the widest pickups. Bailey Falter was number two uh, in terms of uh, pickups. Cade Cavalli, who unfortunately got injured, uh, was the third highest pickup. And then um, Adrian Hauser, number four, was the number four widest pickup. So the top four were all starters, probably guys trying to bolster their rotation to pick up strikeouts and wins over the uh, next week or two. Um did you get any of those four starters, Rob, especially in the mains? I got Bailey Falter in a, in, in an online auction um, for a buck. Um, okay. I did not get him in my main event leagues. He uh, got outbid for him. Um, he wasn't really a deep priority on my main event teams, um, but definitely had a, a little conditional bid in there for him for sure. Um, okay. Although, like, you know, I guess you got to wonder when Zach Wheeler comes back, you know, 
and you're basically just possibly streaming him for this week yeah. only. But he's been yeah, pitching really fun. well. He's been pitching really well, and I think I think I think the target too initially that drew um, a lot of a lot of people toward that was um, you know I think looking first look at, and you see Arizona and you kind of maybe think okay that's seems like a good uh good good stream start but um Arizona has proven to be a little more stubborn recently than you know um I think we give them credit for so um yeah. I think on upon first glance if you were to kind of look and see Arizona on the schedule and just kind of target falter that way um you know might yeah, have been like not thinking- not as uh not as easy as you think we weren't that interested in Falter for that reason. And then Bayo also hadn't seen enough from him to think that he was going to really do well with this uh, two-step. I mean, it's all about risk. It's, a, it's you know, it, it could do work out perfectly, but uh, sometimes if you go with a risky strategy, it can burn you. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think and all four of these guys had a fair amount of risk attached to them, even – before Cavalli's injury. Yeah. Yeah. Bayo, it just seems to not be able to find the plate so easily. I know he struggled with that in the minors and it seems to be the same way in the majors, 11.4% walk percentage. Um, right. So his K minus walk is 5.7. First pitch strike is at 61%. Not really super good. So he struggles there with getting through the innings and like lasting longer. Um Babip is really high right now, at four forty six, but it's probably based on his fifty five percent ground ball rate. Um, yeah, and his and his uh, strand rate, his left on base percentage, is low at fifty eight point seven. But you know, the, the Sierra is 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 showing four six. It's I don't know. I, I just really, really wasn't thrilled with his major league. Right. Uh, I mean, in the zone, he's pretty solid, 81%, um, but de- definitely above league average with that. But he doesn't get many guys to chase, and maybe his balls are just really too much off the plate for them to be looking that right. way. But Or maybe he just – maybe batters know that he has a tendency to not throw, throw enough strikes, so they're just, const- you know, like looking to lay off there. But, again, just um, in leagues, you know, with – I guess you have to be really behind on your ratios and just going for like wins and K's if you really want to roster a guy like Bayo. Yeah, and I mean, Cade Cavalli yeah. too. I I I was I really liked him in the off season. I have him on a couple of draft champions, and um, I had him in some bid some bid list. I was definitely interested in the Oakland stream um, versus Oakland. Um, unfortunately, he got hurt and uh, right. he's going to be shut down for a couple of weeks. So. Uh, you know, he went as high as 60 bucks. Um, most of his bids were in the like three to 10 range. So, right. um, not too much money, you know, thrown out on him, but unfortunately it might've been, it might, it might be money that they'll never, uh, be able to, uh, see through because yeah. I doubt that he'd get back onto the field to, um, be enough of, uh, and, you know, at this point of the year, most teams, I probably won't ha- hang on to him to see that if he makes it back, you know? Exactly. I think, I think he's done as a fantasy asset for this year, but you know, Leo and Cavalli could be good targets next year. I just feel like it's really tough to take a guy that a kid that's had control problems in either case 
yep. and then say, well, he's going to really help me in September, um, especially for teams like Washington and Boston, which have had real trouble, you know, sort of playing well behind pitchers anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, look, I, I don't begrudge anyone to make a, make a shot, take a shot at that, but um, I w- we weren't too interested in those four particular guys. Um, but the fifth guy was Rodolfo Castro, our friend with the cell phone. Um, he, he actually was hitting, he, he was hitting well since somebody told him he should put that in the locker. Um, so uh, he, and he's eligible, I think like at two or three positions. So I think, I think I added him in one league as sort of a, a contingent bid, but I wasn't, you know, going too heavy for him. Um, but but he's certainly an interesting guy, especially for next year. He might be in the Pittsburgh plans uh, for 2023. Yeah, I, I definitely had a look at him too. Definitely he was uh, a big part of the bid list as well. Second, third, and short, like you mentioned, three three spots. Um, right. You know, when you, when you head over to roster resource and you look at the Pittsburgh pirates, you're always going to be like, you know, you, you're always going to be scratching your head to try to figure out any type of rhyme or reason to their platooning. Um, but he, he had a pretty good run. You know, he, he's been, since he got called up on, um, the eighth or the ninth, um, he's really only had three games off. Uh, that he hadn't started yeah. one with the suspension one was yesterday um yeah. and he's been he'd been doing a good job like if you need power and speed he's yeah. definitely a way you have to look just to take a shot at that um see in the last sure. last 14 days he's um he's been doing a really good job but three homers off of two barrels so he might be getting a little lucky there but max ev of 108 um iso is at 238 and uh striking out a lot with a high swing strike rate, but right. at this point, when you can get three homers and two steals in in two weeks from a guy who plays three spots, um, it's a it's definitely a spot you want to speculate on. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think this is the case also, Rob. Where sometimes when a player is hot and maybe they're hitting above their head or something, uh, you might not be able to project out and say, okay, he's going to continue at exactly this pace. But what you can say is he's he's impressing the manager. The manager is more likely to keep him in the lineup because he's hot. And that's worth something, especially with four weeks or so to go. Yep. I mean, if you guys, he's going to get five or six starts a week uh, because he's hot, um, that's maybe a better than a guy that might have better skills, but is being played, you know, four days a week or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's not a perfect – analogy but uh castro fits that mode and i think for fantasy players needing a middle infielder especially i think he could be a good solution yeah yeah playing time is definitely the way you can get some edges this in the last stretch you know like you said it could be maybe a lesser skill set but if someone's playing every day um that's really it's really what you need in that three spots and never you know you can never it's uh it's hard to count on the pirates for that you know, because they have their guys that'll play every day, like Reynolds and Hayes and Gamble. But and Cruz, Cruz's right. been getting like more days off than I think we may be expected. He's he's set, I think, four of his last five against lefties. But he's starting right. to lead off now. They're starting to give him like he's starting to bump up to the top of the, you know, he's starting to make better swing decisions. So maybe 
you know, he he starts to get more of a little run, you know, but you know, we're always looking at a guy like Michael Chavis where we need power and he's like kind of got a good schedule right. coming up, but then you pick him up and he plays like one out of three games and uh it's <laughs> it's it's always maddening with uh you know with that. And then you get a guy like Kevin Newman who'll play every day and, and then he'll be actually doing really well and then those he'll he'll just start to sit. What our guy, uh, our boy Jack Swinsky is back. Yeah, I know team. he's back. Big Jack is back. <laughs> So, you know, I think, like you said, with some positions, I think you're just expecting, you know, 50% uh, play. But I think Castro could be better than that. So that's one reason to consider him. Uh, Another another guy getting some run, Rob, is Drew Waters, who's a highly touted prospect. He's with Kansas City now. He's always been really fast, and he's uh, capable of stealing bases. Uh, I'm not sure the Royals are completely committed to him in terms of a full-time playing right now, but in terms of pedigree, I think he's good. Um, I just, I don't think he's had the minor league season that um, might indicate that he's going to be outstanding. And and I do think the Royals are not sure how many days per week they want to play him. So those are the things that held me back from waters. Yeah. Um, He he started eight of nine. So I mean, it, it it does seem like they do want to get him in there. I mean, he's playing way more than Kyle Isbell, so I think you already see right off the bat what they right. think about him versus Isbell. Um, I mean, when when he came over from the from the Braves, um, just with the just with KC in AAA and 143 paid appearances, seven homers, 13 stolen bases, so definitely solid um, there. Um, I took a shot at him for four bucks. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I looking for some power and some speed combination and kind of like what I see from him so far. Um, I think what was interesting when I was diving into him was that, let me bring it up real quick. So I'm not really, uh, he's definitely got the speed. He's definitely got the speed to, uh, steal bases. Yeah. Yep. He definitely does. Um, what I like is he's he's not chasing he's not chasing out of the zone versus off speed, which I kind of like. Um, right. So he he's he's not really like, you know he he hasn't swung he his O swing on sliders outside of the zone is is zero percent. Um, well, I mean not outside of the zone O swing is outside of the zone swings, but um, change ups he's chasing a little more. But I just like that he's not super super aggressive outside uh of the zone and he he swings yeah. he swings a lot in the zone which um you know just knowing when to swing i think is a big a big thing sure. um definitely has to get a little better versus fastballs right now um just in terms of in zone contact and barreling up some fastballs but i think that'll come i went like really at this this point of the year i'm doing like super hyper dives on on players rather than like sorting out and filtering a whole bunch of players like there's a couple of players that really stand out and i want to do like a true deep dive on them really spending extra time on their pages like you know looking into yeah. things like on like you know how they swing versus pitches or how they're getting pitched at too i think one thing that i really like to do um on on the savant game feed you know during during the um during the game feeds, I think a lot of people like to look at the pitcher breakdowns, you know, like under the player okay. breakdown tab where you look at CSW and whip percentage. 
but I don't know if a lot of people know, but you could switch that tab up top and you could switch it to batters, you know? And so you could see how many fastballs the player is getting, you know, you could see if he saw 14 fastballs, how many he swung at, how many made contact with, how many he didn't swing at. So, and just looking at his page, you know, I kind of, I kind of liked what I saw and, um, Normally, too, with with rookies, you'll get like a lot more of the off speed, you know. So, and like I said, he he's laying off of them, so he may he may force them to pitch him more fastballs. But um, also, I just did like he seems to have a sweet spot, like when he's a switch hitter, when he bats lefty, he seems to have a sweet spot like down and in, and um, uh-huh. he seems super aggressive there and. It seems to be where he's getting most of his hits so far and like his uh hard hit ball. So that's um again, I don't know if that really means anything in such small samples, but at this point of the year, anything I could find that uh that stands out to me, like I like to really try to dive into it and, and go off of it. But I just think in general the power speed combination, I just need that playing time. Like this is one of those things too, right? Todd, when you play fantasy, yep. you know, and you pick up a guy and you're excited, like, all right, you know. Let's take a shot on this rookie at this time of the year. Um, maybe he could be like a discounted, you know, Corbin Carroll. Who knows? But, you know, you pick him up. I picked him up for four bucks in the main. I think I got him in in, in my auction league, too. And, uh, uh-huh. of course, Tuesday's lineup comes out and he's out of the lineup. And you're like, oh, you know, so, you know, I had it down to two. And you're like, oh, God, you know. So so yeah. now he's already on my bench for like that first half of the week. And I'm kind of upset about it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Like. I'm not going to keep him in because I just bid on him. You know, you actually have to go. I actually had a better no, option. So, and, and, you know, so I went with that, but, you know, yeah. um, I'm hoping I just get a decent amount of uh, homers and stone bases from him. I think, yeah, it, yeah. I, I think, think he, he could, could do it. Good asset. He could be a good asset. I mean, I just, you got to sort of take your bets, Rob. And uh, he's definitely got the pedigree that indicates that he could produce over the last month of the season. Yep. So, for sure. you know, you, you take a good shot and and uh, you just live with it. I mean, the next guy on the list, Corey Dickerson, is no uh, phenom, uh, but he was the guy that I got in the most leagues last week because he he is hitting really well and he sort of supplanted Dylan Carlson um, and the, the Cardinals are really hitting well as a team. Um, so that was the bet we made that he's going to continue to be in the lineup maybe for two, three, four weeks. And uh, Todd, can you say that line you said again? Because it's really fascinating. He supplanted Dylan Carlson. I know. I Holy know. shnikes. Like, oh, my God. I, I really was high on Dylan Carlson uh, last year and this year. And he really hasn't. I'm not going to say he's been awful. There's been a lot of players that have been worse than Carlson. But he certainly hasn't lived up to um, what what I was thinking. Um, he hasn't really hit for power, and he hasn't really been been stealing bases. Um, and I've just been surprised. I thought he was uh, he had he had one. I recalled Rob uh, one great year in Double A, where before he came up to the Cardinals, where he really really hit well. Um, but I don't know that he really has shown it since then. He he definitely has not. I think he's he's he definitely uh let down a lot of uh a lot of fantasy owners, not only in redraft but dynasty keeper, you know. Um yeah. And 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 you know, 
I think I still see him getting a lot of love and a lot of respect in terms of staying patient with him. And he is, he's not even 24 yet, you know, um, yeah, not, he's young. He's young. not even 24, but he has 1100, almost 1200 plate appearances. So there's, there's a lot here to be, to be had and, and to be, you know, looked upon as a good enough sample size of, right of what's going on. And he's, yeah, like you said, he's just hasn't, he hasn't put it together enough. You know, yeah, I, mean, um, I wouldn't be opposed to if, if he's his draft stock really falls next year. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to taking a gamble really late on him. But if people are going to draft him in the general area where he's been going, I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I totally agree. He's he, he's going to have to be going at a really, really big discount, yeah. you know, because not only that, but, you, you know, they're just stocked with. You know, you have like Yepes, you have Gorman, you have even Jordan New Walker Newport. and the minors. They have guys who can yeah, come Newport, up and Newport yeah. Newport has been killing Newt, the ball. Newt, Newt, Newt. He's my. He's great. He's great. I love him. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's got his work cut out for him. You know, to get ready in the offseason. I mean, maybe guys, he he's going to get serious and you know go to drive line or something and really work on his craft. I don't know, but I'm just saying he's. He's no lock to be a you know 140 game player. Um, I, so I I'm I'm looking at Corey Dickerson. He's really truly been on fire in the last 14 days. 475 yes. average, a homer, five runs, four four ribbies, yes. but 529 BABIP. Todd, that's gonna come down. Um, what, wait wait wait. What I thought that was an average BABIP. <sighs> going back to my theory this is a theory that i'm not even sure uh james fully james anderson my partner fully buys into but i think you know he's gonna he's bought himself a lot of time in the lineup with his uh 475 batting average you know i think and you know he's hitting uh not too far down the lineup he's he's batting near a goldschmidt and arenado and those guys. And so, I mean, that's just a great spot. And so, yeah. yes, is he's not, he's not a phenomenal player. We've seen Dickerson for too long, but uh, could he stay hot for three weeks? I think it's possible. All right. I wish you well going forth with Corey Dickerson. <laughs> I can tell you not buying it. All right. never mind. Um, so, so one guy I wasn't buying myself and I'm a Yankee fan is Clark Schmidt. Not mm-hmm. because I don't like him generally, but he really has been going for 50 or 60 pitches at a time. And so I really wasn't willing to bid on him and drop a different pitcher um, because I think even if he pitches well, that's like three innings, you know, four innings, and he's not going to get you a win. And uh, he has had some issues, uh, you know, just just in terms of general pitching. So I, I think it was a bad bet myself but he did go in 24 leagues um and i think people were looking just to get a couple starts out of him and maybe a couple of wins but i i'm i'm saying it's unlikely yeah i kind of like him just better in that like uh three inning save closer type of guy like like the garrett whitlock type of role i think he's really really effective in that role and i'm you know i don't know i guess um just wondering i guess maybe why the yankees wouldn't maybe call up another guy, you know, to like open up a game. But I guess, you know, 
if if they if they think he could be really efficient in those sixty innings, I mean in the sixty pitches and get through five, then I think that's a different story. Yeah, um, he hasn't been. He hasn't yeah. been he's been uh, he's had innings where he's he's thrown twenty five pitches or something, and so that just really reduces the likelihood of you going deep. Yeah, I just you know he had those um, a three game stretch you know where he came in. Um, as a reliever and, and, and three innings, three innings, three innings, and just, you know, mowed, yeah. mowed people down. He still had a lot of walks, especially against that Met game um, in the Subway Series where he definitely put a couple yeah. guys on in the ninth, but I thought he was going to close out that game, but Wandy came in for the... Uh, yeah. I think if he he's given a full spring training to ramp up and, and be ready to go 80 pitchers, I think he could be a good starting pitcher, but I... Right now, he's not been asked to do that all year. Yep. So anyway, so we, we stayed away from him. We did get Rafael Montero in a couple of leagues, not because we're expecting he's going to be a closer for four weeks, but hoping to just get a couple saves this coming week, which I don't think he's, as of uh, now, Wednesday, he hasn't really done. But um, He got one today. Presley, what's that? He got one today. Oh, he got one today. Okay. Yep. Great. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that was the goal. Uh, Presley doesn't sound too serious, but they could always keep him on the, the IL a little couple of days longer than planned. So, uh, and I think he's the clear closer in waiting for the Houston Astros. Um, so that was the thought in getting Montero. Uh, did you yeah. pick him up anywhere, Rob? Or? I did not. Um, he was in my bid list. Um, uh-huh. I... Uh, see what happened in my main event one, yes. where um I am let me just bring it up real quick, and so in the standings in that league um it's gonna be hard for me to get first. I'm in second place right now, but I'm 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 trying to stave off uh Mager Michael Mager right behind me uh-huh. and Glenn Schroeder. Um, Glenn doesn't have any money left, so he's gonna have to rely on his team. To get him through that, I also have uh, Michael Garcia, Anthony Pilevis. Um, They're all kind of within striking distance. Um, but in saves, I have 39 saves, and there's two teams ahead of me with 42 and a team with 45. So it's a good right, four right. points I could get there. Um, and ERA and whip, I, I I really have to get down. So I'm trying to, you know, that's a, um, a more push for believers and closers. Um, I'm fourth with in in K's and the next guy is 20 behind me. So trying to uh, just push for more relievers at the time to bump up my saves. And so Daniel Bard became available in my league. Uh And um, I tried to, you know, I went again, deep dive into who had money left, who had money to maybe spend on saves that they would want to move up. Um, So I pinned down, you know, like one or two teams that I thought would go for him for a decent amount. One team who I thought would be in that 50 to 60 range. So I went 60, 60, um, let's see how much for him. I think it was 65. Um, I knew it was going to leave me real short on the 66. Um, the backup yeah. bid was 24, yeah. which, which, which really sucked that I spent that much money on him. But I think that him alone can possibly get me, that two or three points, you know, and okay. I, th- I thought, I thought that was big at the time, sure. you know, you know, 
it's not like I'm bidding on a, like you said, a like a Montero who might be out of the job in a week. You know, it, it's not a co-closer. This is, you know, one yeah, of the yeah, highest save get, total he guys. The save ups. He should definitely get the save ups. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, I think we know at two at the end of the year, they, um, I think it's been highly covered and articled in podcast that the Rockies don't, I think, end off with 10 games on the road too. So I like that as right. well, you know, so, um, so I, it was it was barred heavy for me in those leagues, and then it was a lot of the uh, conditional bids were like lower um, because it was either get barred or try to save money and get cheaper closers, and you know um, just keep keep recycling the co closer and sure. closer spec. So sure. I went heavy on the barred again. Like I said, the overbid okay, stinks, okay. but I I really thought I did the math to where I thought it would have been someone in that forty to fifty range. Uh, you got to get your guy some Got to get it. You can't worry about uh, what the second place bid is going to be. I know. Um, I know. So it's it's nice when you win by a dollar, but I mean, you know. Um, so anyway, I think Montero should get a couple saves. Oh, he's got one today. That's great. Uh, then uh, Brendan Donovan was the number 10 pickup. Uh, mm -hmm. I liked him. I didn't get him anywhere, but I liked him because, uh, again, he, St. Louis is hitting well. And he's eligible at like four positions. Yep. Um, so again, he doesn't provide speed or power necessarily, but at least um, he's usually in the lineup and he's hitting for a nice average. Um, so I, I I didn't get him, but I I think I had him on the list for for possible uh, bids if I didn't get my earlier guys. Yeah. Um, I definitely like the multi position. I like right. the fact that he's back into like a, a little playing time groove. There was a time where he was just getting in there versus righties for a while. Um, yeah. You know, there was a, I think a two week, three week span where after getting some regular PT, he was just playing versus righties. And I think when they, once they realized that Paul DeYoung really is bad and <laughs> they yeah. started to cycle Edmund, you know, back yeah. into shortstop and, so Edmund started playing every day again, and um, Donovan definitely opened up some more PT. Um, again, just another guy that I'm just, you know, again, like you mentioned, no, not really the power speed there, just a high batting average. You know, he's no. got 17 runs plus ribbies in his last 50 at-bats, so that's huge. Um, I just think I just think that we're paying for a little bit of past results here. Again, a 430 BABIP in those – and that same run and 31% line drive rate, which I don't think, you know, stays that high for that, that long of a time. So I just think that, you know, with guys like that who don't have the power speed, they just have to have everything else fall their way. So I just, yeah, you know, I I'm agree. just, I agree. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm just, uh, that's just a little, um, you know, baffled crazy. Toby is a really, you know, Babbitt focused guy too. So I know every time I listen to his podcast and his breakdown, I, I kind of get more insight into like, Oh, I'll have to look at that more. Cause I, I can't, I tend to forget, you know, like sometimes that average or just, you know, all the things that come with average getting on base, knocking guys in like those, those categories can fall so easily. If, 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 if those luck metrics kind of, yeah. you know, especially line drive rate, because that's like, so, so uh wonky yeah. you know like it's so hard to keep high um yeah but anyway i'm with you i'm with you i think My he's he, he, he's only a good asset if it fits your team 
you really need that multi-position. You need some run scored. I wouldn't assume he's going to hit for this wonderful high, high average. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Um, then the wow bit of the week, you know, uh, still surprisingly, these numbers stay relatively high. Usually we do have a couple of guys that are relatively uh, high bids. And this past week, it was Jack Flaherty, who mm -hmm. was um, $161 bid for Jack Flaherty. Um, he was picked up in five main event leagues total, but one league. Uh, he was bid one for 161 And you think you, you had a, a high bid overwhelming the second uh, place amount. Uh, the, the $7 was the runoff bid here. So certainly didn't need to bid 161 on this case. Um, and I think Flaherty is kind of a risky asset. Of course, you know, you could argue this is when to take risks, but Flaherty is a risky asset even for this rest of this season, because is he going to go five innings right out of the gate? Is he, you know, how is he really going to hit the ground running? I mean, I, I just have questions about how many really good starts you're going to get from Jack Flaherty uh, the rest of this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the gentleman who took him, um, whose team name is Build Back Better, hopefully he's trying to build back better than the real Build Back Better is going. <laughs> uh, but he's currently in 12th, uh, 11th place in his league with 62 points. So he probably okay. just uh, really is a big Jack Flaherty fan or um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, you get that type of situation. I'm not really yeah, a big know, Jack I Flaherty guy. I, I, I've, I've never really been like so into his skill set i always thought that he was a guy i would target if he wasn't going as high as he always goes you know yeah um i've never yeah. really been blown away by his his skill set i guess but i think he's primarily a two pitch pitcher yeah. primarily two pitches and i mean he had a that one year he had really his fastball was really working well and he sort of really built a good good record i forget was that 2019, Rob? It was 2019. Yeah, 196 innings, 275 yeah. ERA. Um, even then, the yeah, Sierra was, was at 368. So, you know, he's had a lot of injury problems since then. So, I mean, are the Cardinals really going to throw him for 85 pitches uh, in September? I don't know. I, I just feel like, uh, of course, this was just one, one fantasy owner. But anyway, I'm going to know what I like for him, like, if you look at the other guys that picked him up, like Steve Weimer picked him up on his team that's fifth overall, you know. Yeah. I know he I know he had some money left going into the last couple of weeks. And being like fifth overall and getting a Jack Flaherty, like if he could give you that run of five, six innings sure. on a team like sure. the Cardinals who are gonna win games, I think that's the perfect bid. He bid twenty five bucks for him. I think that's the kind of bid where it's just a sharp move where you have money and you're in a spot where you can get a, a difference maker possibly on, you know, to like vault you into the top spot yep. in the overall, yep. that's a perfect bid because I, I just think I it's agree. a sweet spot of, of, like you said, taking that chance, you know, cause I mean, skills wise, reputation wise, he probably the best pitcher that we might see the rest of the way on the wire. Like, you know, maybe, like, maybe. you know, that's like scattered in three or four leagues, you know, who knows if, you know, because it's so league specific, we'll probably see like, you know, better pitches get dropped, you know, um, because, you know, guys will start dropping starters if they don't need them and such and such. But I think it's a good shot for a team that's going for like an overall prize. But I think 
if you're fighting for like a league, you know, like prize, I don't know if I could really trust yeah. him to be the guy, you know, to, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's if, tough. You can, if you can watch, if you can watch him for a start or two and see how he's doing and how many pitches he's throwing, I think that's great. I mean, I don't have that luxury in a lot of leagues, but uh, if Steve is picking him up, I'm, I'm probably got to go with Steve's analysis, not mine, considering how well he's done over the years. He's gone in his rehab starts. He went one inning, three innings, four innings, five innings, and his batter's face is 8, 11, 17, and 22. I'm on fan okay. graphs. I don't see, uh, I don't have the pitch count on fan graphs, but um, I'm assuming he probably went into at least 50 or 60 pitches in that five okay. inning game. So, I mean, uh, if that you can, can get work. that from him, you can get a couple of wins the rest of the way out. It could be good. It could be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I also I think he's – I also think he's – um. Is he not pitching for a contract? Or is he – he's arbitration eligible next year. So I think he wants to get back out there and, 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 and really show something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he wants to show that he's healthy. And if he can contribute in the playoffs – I mean, that's probably playoffs. really what the playoffs, yeah. I just like to say that whenever I hear it. Oh. Talking about playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> uh, one, yeah, of the, a, one of the all-time best uh, things, right, to hear. Oh, during, uh, it's just just the face he made and God. Yeah, it's just... yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. The only other one that beats that, in my opinion, is, is Alan Iverson. Yeah. You know, that Practice. was that was the I, I showed that to my daughter who's getting married this weekend. And, and of course, she's not even that much of a sports fan. And I didn't even have to introduce it or tell her what he was talking about. It just, she was just cracking up, you know, the way he said that. Um, just it's a just classic. It's, it's worth re-watching if people haven't seen it in a while. It's, it really is. It really it, it really is. I, I, I love, I think that, that one, the Allen Iverson, uh, the Jim Mora, um, the Dennis Green, the Bears are who we oh, thought yeah. they were, yeah. and and also um, uh, the Oklahoma State college football coach. I think it was Mike Mike oh, Gendry. Yeah, yeah. When he said, well, I'm a I'm man. I'm 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, because the journalist went after the kid, you know, and, and like put him yeah, down. And yeah. oh man, that's because like he was he was ready to fight. You know, that guy was so amped up, and it's just so like his passion and his support for his kid. You know, like his his student and his. His uh, oh man, it's just. But those four are just. Yeah, I just love those. I could watch those all the time. Yep. The, yep. the other thing I liked, we're way off the topic now, but um, is when uh, Bill Parcells, the New York Giants coach, got a question that he thought was dumb. Um, he, he would uh, yeah. look at the, he would look at the reporter and he would just cut him down to size. You know, oh, like, forget it. Yeah, like like <laughs> like like laser eye them. Yeah. And like, what the hell kind of question is that? And Herm Edwards too. We can't forget about Herm. Herm, Herm had a classic. You know, you played to win the game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a classic one too. So, yeah, it's off topic, but but it's fun. You know, it's uh, (laughs) it it it's definitely fun. Wait a minute, folks. Do we have a Josh Hader save? No. Yes, we do. It can't happen. We got a Josh Hader save, and I just dropped him. Fantastic. Oh, great. Oh, well, what are you going to do? 
All right. Well, that sucks. I thought he was never going to get another opportunity this year. He was pitching like that. It was pitching Uh, like that. One hit. All right. uh, One strikeout. So here's a question for you. Continuing our off topic rant. Um, If Josh Hader pitches reasonably well, like, you know, maybe not lights out, but reasonably well, gets a few more saves in September. Where, what round do you think he goes in the main event last next year? Uh, well, I took him in the fourth round of our first DC oh, of that, the year. That's right. You took, you took him in the fourth. I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. I took him in the fourth. Took him in the fourth. I think he'll fall. I think he'll be there. I think he'll be fourth round closer if he just stays. If, if he just gets back to decent, I think he's going to be right. fourth round guy to start the draft season and in spring training, if he looks great, I think he's going to shoot he, up again. He looks good, then he's going to start creeping up again. Yeah, and people are just—they're just going to assume that was an aberration. Um, anyway, I just think that's interesting to think about. Um, so the um, Century Club, Rob, bids over a hundred bucks. It was just Jack Flaherty and then Clay Holmes. He got one bid over a hundred dollars on one hundred one dollar bid, um, but that's it, and it's still surprising, but. I don't think we're done with a hundred dollar plus bids, you know, with Corbin Carroll coming next week. Oh yeah. I think uh, I, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be good for one more week. I mean, can can people keep this up? I mean, it's almost dropping down to how much money is left. There's ninety-three dollars for the average team on the main event left. And that's that's not taking away anything for sort of dead teams uh, like uh, your friend Trindy City. Does he still have nine ninety-eight? You betcha. Trindy City. He has nine ninety-eight. So got, got so, nine ninety-eight. Okay, so the, we figured out it's fifty-seven dollars per team. That's sort of dead money. So if that's true, then we got thirty-six dollars per team on the average. There's teams with a hundred and two hundred, like you mentioned. So, but I think we got a few hundreds left for Carol and a few other guys. And uh, maybe maybe people can sort of keep this going for a few more weeks. I don't know. Um, but last year at this time, it was about the same level. It was about down to uh, uh, $93 left per team. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the average spend is going to be below 10 bucks per team the rest of the way. It was $6.54 on the average for main event team per winning bid. And I think it's going to be there um, going forward. It's not, you know, most, most winning bids are going to be like seven, $8. Schwindy so city is going to bid nine ninety eight on Corbin Carroll. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, hey, look, Rob, you, you, you pay your entry money. You can use your fab as you want. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I see a lot of discussions about this online and, I you know Andrew Gell, a friend of the show, the Guild online, he's he's, he's definitely definitely heated, uh, you know, about you know certain moves that are that were made in his league, and you know, I, I love Andrew. I think he's a real competitive guy. He's really, I think right. he's a, and I had him on the pod, and I think he's a little bit misunderstood on Twitter, which can be easily done. Um, but I would have to say, you know that. And 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 he's known for this, and he's told me on the pod that I did with him in the offseason that he's aggressive early in fab. You know, he goes high, he goes often, 
And I think with that, maybe comes an expectancy like, well, then I should get whoever I want later in the year when I'm winning. But that's not the case. You know, you can't expect everyone to just lay the fuck Uh, down. So that's that's what I think maybe that mentality gets them a little bit. And if it's not, and if you're listening, you could tell me the fuck off, Andrew. I totally wouldn't care. But (laughs) I think you would enjoy hearing like that's what I think might be part of that mentality. Like you go hard and you go heavy early. And you yeah. don't have enough money later, you can't get mad when other people do, even if they're not what you think in contention and shouldn't be allowed to, which I think, exactly. like you well, said, you what pay I was money. Say, yeah. What I was going to say, sorry, Rob, to interrupt. Uh, what I was going to say is I understand the feeling of watching somebody that's been inactive for three or four months and then swoop in with a $320 bid for a player that you really wanted. I understand right. that feeling. It's, it feels very uh, dicey. It feels like they shouldn't be allowed to do it. When you're, it's, you're involved, it's hard to separate yourself. Yep. But, um, but, but I, I do say that, look, everybody's paying their fees. If you're in 14th place and, and you're, you decide you want to spend your money in late August, you know, do, go do what you want to do. You know, um, it's uh, – it's better if everybody's engaged the whole year, but you know, you, that's there's 705 fantasy teams in the main event. You're not going to get that kind of engagement from everybody. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But Schwindy city is, is Schwindy uh, city. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on, on, on Corbin Carroll? So like, obviously he's, he's, you know, we, we could talk all we want about the stats because he definitely was a stud in right. in the minors. Right. Good, good swing positions. Good, good hit tool. Super fast speed. You could see him running from first to home. He's unbelievable athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah. He definitely, you know, I think there was talks about his production being driven by super high, like um, high hitting environments in the minors, which can be, yeah, you know, right. yeah, that's fine too. But you know, he's sitting today and. If if you really kind of break it down to how many plate appearances he can get before he is, um, you know, not not a rookie eligible next year, which yeah. you know, with we know the new collective bargaining, you know, you get awarded for a rookie of the year, you know, winner on your team, you get draft yeah. pick compensation. So, kind of like works out to be like he won't be able to play every day. And he'll go over it, you know? So yeah. if he is 30, I think 30, I think they have 34 games left. Now, if he's going to play like 25 of those 34, does that hold you back from the bid? Okay. So if you're talking about this year, 2022. Um, yeah. I think, I think if you have a need for stolen bases, this, I mean, you bid what you got to bid if you have the, fab to to get him um because i think he really could provide help in that category if uh what you're looking for is power and rbis i think it's a little uh, less likely um i think he's you know if he struggles for a week and he only plays 25 games like you say it's not going to be that great of an act but um but he's got the talent i mean if you're going to bet on a kid i think this is the kind of guy to bet on but I agree with you. I don't think it's like a slam dunk because what if he has like one week that he hits uh, 180? You know, then 
he's not going to help you that much. Todd, what? we have a caller who wants to call into the show. He's joining the show right now. He's going to give us his opinion on Josh Hader and Corbin Carroll. The robot oh, guys. How's it going? comes in last minute like Josh Hader today with the one inning day. What's up, Phil? Phil Good to you guys. It's great uh, to see just, you, Phil. We were just talking about, you know, Josh Hader. And, of course, you know, I was talking to you in the chat saying, why the hell did I drop him? And you said, because he sucks. And, you know, one. Well, no, one, I didn't use those words. I just said he's <laughs> not Josh Hader right now. <laughs> not Josh Hader, right. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't even words. Um, yeah, I think I was the first person who dropped Hader. Was it two or three weeks ago? You were. Uh, in one league, just because I didn't need saves. And it turned out to kind of worked out better than I expected. Uh, JP Sears got two wins that week when I, uh, when I picked him up for Hader. Uh, but I would I would have made the same week this the same move this week even in, in teams where I needed saves. Um, I didn't think there was any chance he'd get back to his save gents. I think the only way they, the only reason he used them today is because they didn't have anyone else. I assume so. Um, yeah, and like you said, even if you kept on your team, you weren't going to use him this week. So the true. saves that Very he gets true. this week don't count. So yeah. you can start getting upset next week if he uh, <laughs> if he's back to being cautioner, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I know. He didn't look the same today. I mean, he was fine. He got it done, but um, I don't know. Maybe it helps the confidence, though. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, confidence is huge. And I was just talking to Todd about that team that, you know, we've discussed. Like, I just really need to make that push and saves. And dropping him was hard, but I just, like, I I didn't see any chance he would even sniff, uh, like, a spot save. You know, Uh, I just really didn't think it was coming at all. Um, And, you know, hopefully, uh, no, I want to see him get get back into Josh Hader, but I know that that might come back to haunt me. But this is the game we play, you know, the yeah. game we play. And 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 Phil, I know you did drop him because it made sense, like on your team, like you said, you 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 did the math with the teams around you. Like even if they scooped them up, you know, and and added him, they couldn't make it. You know, like they couldn't influence the your save total and save points. So I think in like league context like that makes perfect sense. And um, you know, I think. A lot of guys followed suit and just getting rid of him because he's been historically bad if after a historically great start. You know, it's really, it's really, it's really wild to see someone go through that. You know, I know, I think the personal stuff played a lot of, a, a lot of into it. And uh, hopefully he gets his headspace back to get back into being Josh Hader because I got him in the fourth round next year. And that's, I need him. <laughs> I need him. <laughs> Would you do that again if you were drafting today? What's that? Would you draft him in the same spot if you're drafting today as opposed to, was it two weeks ago? Mm, that's a great question. Probably not. But I also, oh man, it's it, it, it's so hard to say because, I don't know, I've been looking at like everything about him and it just looks like that release point is off and he's trying to fix it. But I also think like fourth round in a DC, if I do get that 35 Josh Hader save, I think it's going to be gold you know but the way i drafted my team i would think i would have done a lot of things differently (laughs) don't draft while you're drinking tequila bad idea well i mean looking at it from a point of view of 2022 with four weeks left is a lot different than drafting for next year you know i think uh you you have to make some tough drops and phil has done a great job with that over the last couple years of dropping guys that might be talented but don't fit the team need or uh, aren't performing well at the time. Honestly, I think if I haven't, you know, 
gotten so close to Phil, um, I would have never, um, I've never had this ability to let go as I do now. Like he's, he's taught, he's taught me that it's, it, it's good to let go. Like you just, that, <laughs> that bias, no, I'm serious. Like that bias yeah, yeah. that you have for players that you like or hold on too long, it's just, sometimes it's just not the right move. And, you know, it's, sure. it's helped me. It's helped me in a lot of spots, you know, just getting, just cutting ties quick because, you know, you need to have that in you, you know, it, it needs to part of you. Yep. It needs to be a part of your repertoire to say goodbye at the right time for players. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but like for the first couple of months, my teams were okay. I was middle of the pack, slowly moving up, but I felt like um, I had a bunch of guys like I heard Heaney and Steven Matz had a bunch of teams. I was hanging on to them. Um, and then guys, I was struggling. Okay. And I'm holding out to my, my starting pitcher depth. Um, but I just wasn't moving the standings like, and probably about a month ago, uh, early August, sort of decided there's two months left in the season. It's time to be cut broke Phil, like no mercy, cut the guys that aren't helping you right now. And that's right. when I started moving up in the standing. So it might just be a coincidence that it, it happened at the same time. But um, in, in May and June, I had trouble cutting my guys to say it's long season. Don't make a bad drop. Um, yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I sort of went back to like, who I was before in the yeah. last month or so. Um, and it's easy to say because last I hit on everything, so it was it was easy not to, like, to cut guys. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> but, but this year, when when I'm wrong on a bunch of things, it's hard to let go of the guys that you liked in draft season. You don't want to make the move too early, yeah. uh, and then when they get hurt, like Stephen Matz, his peripherals are awesome. Like his his velo was up, his strikeouts were up, his walks were down, his x tip was around three. Yeah, it was bad, but that can be explained by just some some weak home runs, a little bad luck. I'm like, I got to hang out there and hang out there comes back one great start and then gets hurt again. Um, so it's, that's been, that's been 2022 for me, but yeah. um, I'm moving back up. Man. Yeah. You've moved back up and, and, and you've employed anything differently or like, have you been doing like, did you make a mid season switch toward anything or you just been chopping away like you normally do? Um, one of the things is when I started giving up on guys in late July, early August, um, I, I, a lot of people are focused on saves around the trade deadline. I made a couple of guesses there, but um, I wasn't, I knew at that point I had no shot the overall. So I was just focused on the league. Um, at that time, it made sense to pick up um, the injured diet guys that were coming up, coming back in two weeks. So I picked up Gene Segura in pretty much every league, uh, Manny Margot in most leagues, Harold Ramirez in pretty much every league as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got, um, well, oh yeah, Jose Siri, who's playing center field. And I've, I've followed the Rays, everything they were doing. And uh, the, I mean, his average is down, but to get power speed combo um, and even Margot back, they've never liked Margot in center field. Though. He's another guy I picked up who's uh, chipped in some stolen bases, a couple of home runs. Um, so it feels like I picked up, I made some good pickups, mostly injured guys a week or two ahead. Um, and I think those guys are helping me. So I'm, I'm basically getting three or four extra players right now um, that I, I shouldn't really have because they, they they went for more in fab a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks later on in other leagues. That's awesome. So where some people go never ray, you went full ray. Yeah, I've got I've got <laughs> I've got uh, on on some teams I've got four rays. I've got uh, Yandy, Harold, uh, Siri, and Margot. Um, nice. so it, it sucked this week. So they only had two games Monday, Thursday, so I have to find replacements. Uh, but after this, after starting Friday, I'm hoping I'll be in, in pretty good shape with, uh, with those guys. Uh, I think they're playing most days and with, um, 
Brandon Lau going on the aisle today. Uh, it'll open, open up the, the DH spot a little bit more, and I think yeah. they'll play even more. I love Yandy. I mean, he's just such a good, like, good professional hitter. You know, he's uh, – and I, I don't know. There's something about Yandy that I always like, I always like about him, you know. Right. Um, you even got a combo meal from him last week. Got the yeah, combo meal from Yandi. That's just uh, super, super. <laughs> That's probably one of the most unexpected things. Yeah, really. The yeah, guy, the guy with no power and no speed uh, yeah, yeah. gets one of each in the same game. Sure, sure. Absolutely. You know what helps me when uh, when I'm trying to uh, drop players is the fact that I play in twelve team leagues. Phil, you don't really play in many twelves, I don't think. Um, but no, but I, I played the uh, head one last year when I finished second overall. Uh, but I, I, I gave it up this year. Okay, I, should, okay. I, I think I've, I've, I've done good historic in 12, so I probably should have done one this year. But, um, well, that's that, that's what taught me to uh, you got to drop because if you're hanging on to a guy for four or five weeks past his usefulness, there it really doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think in 12s, you can actually. Um, you can stream from your starting lineup, basically. Like, there, you, you probably should have, like, eight to ten hitters that you hang on. They're your core players. Right. And the other guys, the last four spots, you can basically rotate every week. Just, just good players and fab available every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 12s, I, I kind of fight. Like, a lot of times I hear, um, well, this guy's hurt. I drop him in 12, hang on with him in 15. I often find it to be the opposite. Um mm. I find it easier to hang out the injured players in 12s because uh, in 15, you need you need healthy guys on your bench ready to, to, to come right. in. Um, just need depth because sometimes you can't find a third base and playing every day in fab in a 15. In, the, in a 12, you can't. So um, you can hang on to injured players in 12s longer. Um, and then just if you if you have four guys with, with bad matchups that week, just drop them, pick up four new guys, and then do the same thing uh, next week. All right, I get it. What's crazy right now, Phil, is I'm I'm first and second in at bats in the online championships with my two teams, and my third team is twenty third in at bats. But I have a I have a hundred more than the third place guy, which is pretty nuts. And like I haven't that's really the been. Way. I, that's the Phil way. You. I know, and it hasn't <laughs> been like a super a super like free agent stream. Um, I haven't been like it's just really been the guys I drafted. Um, that I never really changed much. Like the three, four bench guys I've had as hitters, I haven't really changed much of them. It's just been like an occasional stream from like a two game to a three or four, yeah. you know, but it hasn't been, I haven't really been hyper-focused on that. I just, my, like my home run per like plate appearances and run per plate appearances isn't great, but um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know how I ended up as one and two um overall that's funny that I, I say i changed you because in, in your your first dc that you did when you won the overall um you were surprised how low you were in at bats and yeah, how remember? efficient you were at bats so that's why i was saying i changed you because the, the rob way was uh <laughs> efficient guys and now you're doing the, the fill in, in the king steve way yeah um, yeah king steve yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely king phil, steve, king get... steve weimer yeah, yeah he's not just another Grinder. guy He's uh he's the king. <laughs> um, let me get one one opinion from you before you have to get back to dad duties. But Corbin Carroll, we were just discussing um how he sat today um and maybe won't get a full plate of at bats um going forward. Do you think that adjusts anybody's views on him in Fab, or are they just gonna spill their monies regardless? I think at this point, if you have money left, you just spend it. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just going to suck. I'm guessing. So I think the way I calculated earlier, you can have about 3.8 plate appearances um, per, per game. Per game. Um, to to keep that the rookie status for next i mean the, the rookie status based on at bats but it kind of worked out that way based on on projection so um i'm assuming you're going to see set him against lefties so you might have to sit once in a while for playing two lefties on the weekend something like that but right. um i think he'll be usable and at this point I mean, if you have money left just spend it and um, i just yeah. don't want to get too low in money i'm i always i always like to be able to spend some money in the, in the last couple of weeks so yeah you need a few uh, bucks you need a few bucks yeah yeah especially that last half week um yep. those last was it three games um yep. those three games can make a difference if you pick if you can pick up any player you want in fab um that's got good matchups uh it could be worth especially at that point star is going to start to be on the bench i mean dodgers going to sit as many players as they can so yeah um yeah probably want at least a few bucks to, to, to pick guys up for that half week yeah cool awesome all right i got a question for todd though oh yes yeah. here we go all right would you rather be locked for a week in a room that's overly bright or a room that's totally dark <laughs> oh this is locked great oh my god phil <laughs> locked for a for a week in total that's totally bright or completely dark yeah do i, I get mean, sunglasses gonna... if it's bright no no sunglasses oh shit no sunglasses. No, that's cheating i'm gonna uh go i'm gonna go with the dark because i feel like eventually you get used to it and you can move around with it. if it's totally bright it's gonna be painful you know no matter what so uh, neither one is a good option but i'll go with the dark I think that's the right answer. I think I'd do the same thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Rob, yeah. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I have sensitive eyes. I wear sunglasses. I mean, they're on my head right now when we're podcasting. So, <laughs> I mean, I wear them like inside my house sometimes. So, yeah. That's why everything's on dimmer. Everything's on a dimmer out. in my house, Todd. I, 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 I need that. Yeah, I got you. Phil, if I knew you were coming on, I would have prepared special questions Oops. for you. Too. No, he's just a... <laughs> special special it wasn't uh, planned just rob texted me he's like can you come on yeah sure and then i figured as we were talking i'd, I'd google it would you rather just so I had something <laughs> special for you todd perfect <laughs> thanks buddy i appreciate it well i'm looking forward to uh having dinner with you uh, in vegas if we both make it i'm planning to go uh i think so i already booked uh booked my flight and hotel so okay I, i'm in advance but i would rather have something booked that's sure. refundable and, and be ready to go Definitely, definitely. That'll be fun. Sweet. Yeah, for sure. All right, Phil. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thanks, uh, guys. Take care. I think we'll I think we'll talk next week when we do the uh triple crown fantasy pod. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, pal. Later. Bye. See you, Phil. See ya. That was cool. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. had a little like I said, you know, I have a little chat with him and Steve and Toby and uh, you know, obviously Hater came on and I said, Oh shit, why did I drop him? And uh I said, and he, I was like, come on and say something real quick. And he's like, all right, cool. That was great. That was awesome. It's, uh, it's cool to have that little spur of the moment. Uh, you should try sure. to do that more often. Just text people and say, hey, come on and say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, we get but, uh, uh, one a guest or the other. Sure, that'd be great. Yeah. So let's get into the Coliseum real quick, right? I think that's what yeah. we're up to, Todd. Do a quick, uh, actually, just talking about the, the, um, the weekly um, average bid was 11 bucks this week, right? So almost yes, half. 11 half. bucks. 
and and six fifty four for the mm -hmm. um, the the average single bid win and eleven dollars forty six cents for the average team spend. So yeah, I think it's going to be below ten the rest of the way is what I was saying. Um, and then the Coliseum, the four players this week are Elahiris Montero of the Rockies, and um, he was he was a push for me. He was two twenty two <laughs> average, twelve for fifty four with three homers. And uh, you're laughing at me. No, I'm just uh, just just laughing at something else, not you. Right. Okay, never mind. All right. So anyway, uh, Montero hit all his homers in a three day window, and outside of that, he hasn't really done a lot. But you know, he has he has he has done pretty well, I guess, in total. So I gave him a push. And then yeah, uh, Bubba I think Thompson. It's tough with his recent his recent um. You know, uh, his recent play, like his recent plate appearances, they did the old Rocky way with him. It was kind of disappointing because I picked him up in an auction league and an OC league. Yeah. And it was really, you know, he, again, he, he's, not, he's not making the best swing swing choices, but he's punishing the ball, like his barrel percentage, his, um, his negative velocity on fly balls and on drive, just really, really solid. Um, but then it seems to be that on the 19th, uh, Charlie Blackman got hurt. He hurt his hamstring. And while he was DHing um, so, some of the of his games, he went to full-time DH mode. And that kind of pushed Montero off of any time at DH and then just floated around. He backed up Crone on some days. He DH'd one game. And then he right. played third one game because, you know, right. they, got, they got McMahon at third and they didn't move him off of. And Gunnar Henderson just hit a homer, Todd. Oh boy, oh pony God. up, pony up the money. Right. Oh, seventy-five boy. or eighty bucks for now for Henderson. Oh God, this is great. I love baseball. This is just—I mean, what else could you ask for? It's just a stud prospect getting called up and hitting a home run in his first game. This is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yep. yeah, so it's it's a it's a little bit of a shame what happened to Montero because even though he, like I said, the the strikeouts and the swinging strike is really high. I mean. He, I think he showed enough in that stretch to where, I don't know, they just, you know, the Rockies are going to Rocky because now they called up Michael Tolia. I don't really know exactly how to say the last name, but, you know, now it's just going to get more confusing and, you know, had to be a drop. I had to drop him in several leagues and I was pretty upset about yeah. that. And then this kid Bouchard, who's a first baseman now. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just don't see the playing time going forward, but uh, just looking at the three weeks past, I think he was okay, but I'm not sure that means you, you got to keep him now. I just feel like, uh, you know, there's not that many home games for the Rockies left and will he play a lot? I'm not sure. So mm -hmm. unfortunately I think his time as a useful asset is, is gone for this year. Um, so he was a push. That was fine. It was okay. Uh, Bubba Thompson though was a win because People picked him up for steals. He's provided six steals over the first three weeks, a 275 average, and even had a homer, uh, I think, yesterday. Um, so uh, he's been really great for people that were looking for speed, um, and I think that was an easy win for for uh, fantasy owners. Bad move by me last week by dropping him. Okay. Uh, especially where I needed steals. I, I, I really just had, like, a, I made, like, a quick – like one of those quick decisions. Right. You know, um, 
it's whatchamacallit. Calhoun came off the 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 IL on Saturday the twentieth. Right. He started on the twenty first, you know, verse versus the righty. So yeah. I figured, oh man, here we go. You know, he started in left, and I'm like, it's gonna be a platoon. It's gonna be right. Calhoun and right. Bubba Thompson platoon. And I just quickly cut ties. Like I didn't even give a week to to like like you know let it go and check it out and. I could have used his his three steals. I think he picked up two steals he picked up last week. Um, uh, just one of those things, Todd. You know, you make you yeah, make, you got to make you got to live with it. You know, that's it. If you would if you had held him and he had been on the bench, you wouldn't have been too happy with that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I think he could give you steals down the stretch, but again, it's a question of is he going to stay hot? I feel like if he goes over for fourteen then all of a sudden he's going to be relegated to a pinch runner. Um, so he's, he's close to uh, that line. And how lucky do you feel is, is the basic issue. Um, then Nick Gordon was third and he's, I keep, I've been picking him up and dropping him all season. Um, but this past three weeks, he was 213 average, zero homers, one steal. He really didn't produce. And then again, he just had a monster day. I think six RBIs at uh, the beginning of this week. But yep. Um, yep. for the three weeks we're talking about, I had to give him a loss. He really didn't do much. Yep. Um, I still think he's an interesting asset for next year for for um, fantasy owners that are going to draft 2023 teams. But I just couldn't really see my way to uh, giving him a win. Um, yeah, he, he definitely went through a little bit of a lull there for that couple of uh weeks um and yeah he he did he did he's interested in next year i know uh it was definitely covered by uh jeff zimmerman and a couple other analysts about the fact that he went through a whole uh weight loss thing and a like a feeding right. um eating problem and you know he started to put on the weight again and he's just really he just really been be- like his 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 metrics have just risen through the roof this year and yeah. i think yeah. what's interesting too is not only um that he's, you know, he went through a point where he was hitting versus lefties more often than not, but in the next 14 games, they're facing all righties. So if he's available in anybody's league, definitely want to get on that because he can get into that groove again, power and speed. And uh, He's always yep. capable. He's always capable. So it's just uh, a question of whether he can produce. He's he's certainly playing a lot. Um, the last guy of the four was Ian Kennedy. And while he's not a great pitcher, in my opinion, he did get three saves over the period of time that we're talking about, and he didn't really get blown up at all. He's a 3.00 whip in the six innings he pitched. So I think giving you three saves over three weeks, I mean, that was probably what people were hoping for, and I gave him a win for that, even though obviously the stats don't blow you away. But um, I feel like for a 15-team league, for those guys that were picking him up, for possible saves, I think he did what people wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. So that was two wins. That gives us 26 wins for the year, 36% win rate compared to 24% all of last year. So we're still doing well. The main event owners are doing better this year. And I, I, I still am interested because I, I don't know whether the answer is that this year is a good apparition and, and really means that um, 
you know, this is sort of a, a lucky positive year, whether last year was kind of a bad scene with the 24%. I don't know which is right, but um, I do believe that owners are being a little bit uh, better with their pickups, at least the big wide pickups. Yeah, I think m maybe they just know that your your article's out here judging everyone and they <laughs> stepped up their bids. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. They don't want to be called out. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. So, so Big Bucks Bob is our overall leader as of last Sunday anyway. Uh, Bob Kremitola and he, Ben Tid was his second. Those were our two podcast guests last week. And uh, we tried to get them to talk trash to each other and they were too nice to do that. Super nice guys. Super nice, super nice guys. guys. I wish them both well. Um, but uh, they're locked in a one-two battle. Uh, but but Scott Jenstad in third, Ned Donahue in fourth, Steve Weimer in sixth, fifth and sixth. These guys are not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. And even a few more deeper, Stephen Jabinka, Scott Wagoner, Jeff Erickson, Bob Katsarumpas, your, your uh, challenger in one league. Those guys are all doing extremely well, and uh, there's there's like 30-something days to go, so it's going to go down to the wire. I don't think uh, Bob Kermitola has this uh, salted away yet. Yeah, I know that uh, Big Bucks Bob, who had $3 when he talked to us, is down to one. He used two bucks. Oh, my God. Two. So two. he's really – oh, Bob, I, uh, I'm rooting for your buddy. I just uh, root really for everyone who's going for it, and uh, I just – that's going to be tough. God bless you for having the balls to even walk into the month with that much money on the line with one buck. I kind of probably would have went a different yeah. route, but if he got the guys he wanted and he felt like he, you know, that yeah, those guys, I mean, then, you know, then, then you got to go for it. Yeah. He, he got guys early that maybe I didn't get, or you might not have gotten because he was willing to bid high. And, you know, I could, I could it's definitely a strategy. I mean, that some players use and, um, you get that player for more months if you make the right choice. But I certainly, if I was in this his lucky position, I wouldn't be down to $1. But anyway, uh, he, he could make it work. He could make it work. Um, this is just great. I'm just watching the replay of Gunnar Henderson. And just so cool, you know, Adley Rutschman's greeting him when he when he came back to the dugout with their gold, you know, Oriole chain and Right. Just like two of the, you know, of the best prospects in baseball who got called up. One is completely anchored and drove the success, you know, for the rest of the team. And this, he comes up and they're in the playoff race. Just really, really cool story. I'm really happy for this team. It's definitely one of uh, one of those teams where I, I tend to keep, uh, I keep my eyes on and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be great to watch them. They're definitely good. They're not out of the wild card race this year either. Oh, no, know. not at all. They're right there. And I think that's that's what part of the call up is, was just like, you know, listen, we're going for this. We yeah, feel like he's sure. one of the best players that's going to help us do it. And that's it. Just bring him up and let him go. Let it rip. And yeah, it's yeah, I mean, really I fascinating. It, he had a great at bat versus, versus uh, Tristan McKenzie. That's, uh, I suggest you watch the whole at bat later. Pretty good. All right. I'll, I'll take a look. But uh, it was one of my pet peeves, with I, which I know you don't 100% agree with, but um, I was watching MLB uh, Network and the uh, guys at the desk, whoever they were, I won't call them out. Uh, they, they said, you know, Adley Rutschman is great. And the main reason he's great is he's got a good attitude. And I was like, that is not the main reason that Adley Rutschman is great. Adley Rutschman is great because he's a good hitter. 
he's got he's got uh, great power and he, he knows how to put his bat on the ball. This is not he's got talent. This is not like an attitude thing. There's lots of lots of guys with good attitudes. I mean, Ben Gamble has a good attitude. You know, I'm not, <laughs> not to pick it. Everyone up. knows the real reason why Ali Rushman's so great is because he's an amazing dancer on TikTok. All right, all right. Well, maybe that's part of it. I mean, he 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 slid down the hill with the kids at the Little League, uh, you know, uh, World Series site. Um, he's, that he's was a, really cool. Great, yeah, he's yeah, a, he's yeah. He's a great all-around guy. I'm not disputing that, but that is not the main reason. He's a great baseball player. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a bag of shit, but he's 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 just a real right. talented player. Like you said, he's a catcher who put the bat on the ball, who could call a good game. He's already yeah. well respected from like the pitching yeah. angle and then defense and throwing guys out. He's you know just just he's talented. Good. He's really talented. freaking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is that not just because? I mean, Rob, you have a good attitude. I wouldn't want you as catcher for the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> You have I could a great be the DH. I could be the DH. Be, I can't play the field anymore, Todd. I'm, you would be great in the in the dugout, though. Can I, I would. I, yeah, I would be. I think I should actually maybe just apply for like a. I think there should be <laughs> dugout jobs where you just go in and you your job is to just you know keep everyone upbeat, tell everyone when they're being yeah. a bag of shit. Yeah. You know, just like constantly, you know, just just be the clubhouse uh, dugout mediator. You know. Yeah, you're, um, you're the designated guy. You could do post post game interviews. I could do that. I could tell people, you know, how they're doing in their fantasy, like on a fantasy <laughs> angle. You know, yeah, you could talk. To, you could talk to Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All that. All good right. Stuff. I'm way. I'm way off the topic. Okay. That's anyway, fun, Todd, we don't have to all the, always talk about fantasy baseball. It's like there's so much more things to life. You know. I know. I know. And having you in the bench is something I would appreciate, especially if you're. <laughs> If you were sitting between uh, Judge and Stanton, I would like that picture. Um, yeah, it would be a little <laughs> pornographic, maybe. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'd be at a I'd be at a height that would be you know that would invite way too many bad thoughts for from people. So <laughs> okay. I don't even want to go that route. But uh, yeah, no, I would. Yeah, I would be what? It, I mean, what are they? Six five, six seven. I'm five two. I'm like uh, yeah. Judge, judge is six seven. I think Stan's not. He's maybe six 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 five. Yeah. It's like that skit from Rocky when um from um from Eddie Murphy. You know. Yeah. Right, where yeah. he says, you know, I'm Italian. I'm five two. Uh, <laughs> it's basically me. You know. Short and wide, Todd. Short and wide. But you got a great attitude. Yeah, <laughs> I got a good attitude. <laughs> What a lazy analysis from uh, whoever said that. Oh, geez. Right. It's the main reason he's great. Yeah, the main. It's one of the reasons, right? Anyway. Anyway, All right. That's my article. Cool. One of the reasons. I got it. Uh, That's my article for this week, Rob. Uh, It's a free article if people haven't seen it, spstreamer.com. And uh, you can reach me at at Telestar7. Um, Anybody wants to reach out, I'm happy to do that. I will be a little busy this weekend, but... um, Hopefully we'll be back at it maybe a little later than usual next week, Rob. Yeah. Whenever you can, man, whenever you can do it, you know, I wish you uh, a nice fun time at the wedding. Congratulations to your daughter and, uh, you know, have, have lots of spirits, do lots of dances, you know, um, if you happen to do any Italian dances like the Todd and Dale or anything, just definitely send me a picture, please. I need to see this. I will. It's okay. more of a Greek wedding. Uh, okay. Her, okay. That's cool too. So that's fun. It's going to be fun. So, 
Yeah, they, yeah. They, they tend to have a good time too. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, buddy. <laughs> good talking to you. Fantastic pod. Uh, thanks to our friend Phil Dussel for popping in and saying hi and giving us a couple of cool words. That was great. And um, yeah, I'm going to be tomorrow, Todd. I'm going to be uh, on the Base Boys Coup podcast. So great. Great. talking to Mr. Patrick Davitt, which is pretty cool. It's one of the first podcasts I started listening to right. when I started listening to podcasts. So I'm really excited hey, for that. Knock him uh, dead. dead. Thank you, pal. And, uh, okay. All right. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Alrighty, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Thanks for everyone who just routinely checks in and uh, gives their thumbs up to their to the podcast and the work that's being put into it. And um, really appreciate that. Um, and look for me to on a Baseball HQ podcast with Patrick Davitt tomorrow, Thursday, um, September 1st, which would be pretty cool. Well, one of the first po- baseball podcasts or podcasts in general that I started listening to when I really, uh, you know, found out about podcasts. And so really, truly honored and uh, excited to talk to Patrick. Um, he really puts on a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Great show. Just like it's done in a way that no other podcasts are done. It's uh, really a presentation and really, really, um, really excited about that. So um, look for that to be out, I'm sure, probably sometime in the weekend on Friday um, when Patrick usually edits it and puts it out. So um, thanks for everyone. Yeah, for listening, and uh, good luck in this uh, last stretch, you know. Um, if you have any questions about, you know, starts or sits or ads or drops, you know, don't hesitate to reach out on Twitter or via email, and uh, be happy to, you know, talk talk baseball or, you know, anything, talk life in general. So uh, be well, everyone. Don't be a bag of shit.